Okay, so we only it only gives us like I think an hour. Okay. It's so weird recording with you like <laughs> sitting in the room looking at me. Maybe if I turn the light off. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Um Welcome back, everyone. Thank you. No, stop. Okay, Phil, don't even start recording it. That sounds stupid. Um, so, hey, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of Curvy Conversations. Um, so, Linda is not with us today. She actually... Um, we decided that this episode was going to be dedicated to me and my husband. Um, so, I have... A great <laughs> co-host with me for this episode. Uh, say hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> That's my husband, Alex. Um, so yeah, so me and Linda, we were talking about things we wanted to talk about in October, and you know, um, we I had talked about how October's well, it's a lot of things. You know, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and you know, National Nacho Month, or whatever the hell. There's all these different kinds of things, but how. Um, to me, um, it's um, National Infertil- Infertility Awareness Month, and I really wanted to come on here, and a lot of you already know my story, uh, my journey. Some of you don't, so we're going to be going over that um, a little bit, and then a lot of you have wondered where we are now, um, what's going on, when's the baby coming, like all this stuff, and so I kind of wanted to share this space with my husband for this episode and get his thoughts. Um, so yeah, I'm nervous. I'm excited, but mostly nervous. And it feels weird because. But why are you nervous? <laughs> I don't know, fool. Because I don't know. Like you don't look at me. I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> like if I just don't, I don't normally record in front of you and it's just weird. It feels like you're seeing me like naked for the first time. You can take your clothes off in front of me, but you can't. First of all, I love Jesus, so get the hell away from me. <laughs> um, but no, it literally feels like literally when I first got like naked in front of you for the first time, that's what this feels like. Do you remember when I got naked in front of you for the first time? Yes, I do. Where were we? We were in Vegas. No, we weren't. No, yeah, we were. No, we were not in Vegas, full. We were in San Jose. Or San Francisco. Okay. So here's so here's a little side story, little icebreaker. <laughs> so me and Alex, we would like I we would like I don't know if we had taken a shower. No, this was the first time we took a shower together, and I had like all the lights off because I'm like, no, I don't want him to see me naked, but I wanted to be like sweet and like take like a shower together, whatever, whatever. So I literally got like everything ready. It's so cute. And he's like waiting for me. And then I'm like, okay, like we're going to do it. I'm going to be like fully naked in front of him. And so I go and I try to wake you up. Remember we were in the hotel room and you were asleep. And I was like, babe, come on, I have the shower. And you're like, and I was like, oh, cool, bro. Well, you got to give me a little something. I had drove all the way down from where we live in Fontana all the way up there and that was after we were we went out and did everything and had fun. So I was I was exhausted as all hell. 
But anyway, I didn't know it was going to be like that. I didn't know I was letting my wife down like that. I, I, I had no idea. I just, to me, it was just at the end of the night. And then all of a sudden it was like, I'm tired. I laid in the bed and literally after laying in the bed for, I don't know what it was, like probably only a couple minutes. I was like. It probably was like 20 minutes. Probably like 20 minutes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't okay. Remember. Anyway, <laughs> little side story, yeah. but that's how it feels. It feels like, <laughs> it feels like that. Um, It's just weird to have you in my podcast space um so a couple rules number one don't interrupt me i'm just kidding <laughs> you you looked at me like i was like a little six-year-old girl on the playground being bossy like okay anyways you're a little bossy but you're supposed to talk on this podcast too you can't be quiet how you normally are all right okay i'll try <laughs> um okay so Today, we are going to be talking about um, all things infertility, what it looks like, what, like the rawness of it. And I know I posted on my Instagram a couple of days ago, I did like a little poll um, wanting to know if you guys would be interested in seeing or listening or knowing about where I'm at when it comes to all things infertility and all of you voted yes, basically. Um, and I was going to do a video, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to do a podcast Mobito. So, Alexander Robles. Yep. Um, what does infertility mean to you? Um, well, it means just that you're, you know, just infertile and unable to, for whatever reason, to be able to get it to the, you know, your child to the nine months to be able to bear a child and, and, you know, all the glory that everyone talks about, posts about, you know, all that. Yeah. So whether it's you start in the beginning or you can't, you know, you can't get out of three months or whatever. I think it's everything in between. So yeah. that's, what, that's what it means to me. Whether it be on the guy's side or it be on the woman's side, all that. Mm-hmm. Sucks balls. Yeah, well, for us, for us, it's been a hard road, so. <laughs> um, so a little bit about our journey. Um, so me and Alex were the couple, well, he was open to it. But he wasn't like, yeah. Um, where we were like on our honeymoon, I was like, yeah, let's get pregnant. And so we definitely tried. Um, we've been trying ever since then. <laughs> since about 2011. Yeah, that's we, when we got married. Yeah, we've been trying to have a baby, and it has not worked. So it's been a long road. Um, so uh, the first time that I found out I was pregnant, I want to say it was like, okay, we got married in March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. It was like September or October, and, you know, we had been, I had been tracking my ovulation. I bought the ovulation tests, you know, in my mind, it was very, and I don't know, like, had you ever heard about any, have you ever heard about infertility before or the word miscarriage or anything like that? No, I have. I've heard it. And I didn't know it was as common as after, you know, us for figuring out all the stuff that we'd been through, mm-hmm. how common it was. Right. I had no idea, but I knew it happened. I mean. I didn't. Well, you had a mom growing up. Yeah, so. I didn't at all. I was like, yeah, you get married and then you just have a baby. And that's just what happened. So I remember when we first got pregnant, we were so excited. I remember showing Alex like my pregnancy test. Um, we lived in Fontana at the time. 
And then, you know, we went to the doctor and we, they confirmed our pregnancy. We were so excited. And then, you know, shortly after, I want to say it was like maybe, I think I was probably 11 weeks when I lost that first pregnancy. Um, and they had, you know, it was traumatic. It was very sad. Um, but we were like, no, you know, we still definitely want to do this. And so within like a month and a half, we got pregnant again and we were so excited again. And let me just time out for all y'all that this is, this is, this is my personal thing. I always clown people when they say like, we got pregnant and now I can't even clown because my own wife, she'll say, we got pregnant. And I'm like, no, well, cause, cause I, I can get pregnant too. It's because it's me too, fool. You got pregnant. No, it's we. I remember uh, hearing um, the podcast you were with uh, on Rocky Nash's podcast. Mm-hmm. And you were like, yeah, we got pregnant. And while I was listening to that, I was like, no, I did not get pregnant. We did not get pregnant. This, this is you and me, blood in, blood out, homie. You got pregnant. We are both pregnant. <laughs> We are pregnant. So we're going to agree to disagree on that one. But um, I keep bringing it up over and over. She's like, no, fool. We got pregnant. I'm like, no, you got pregnant. Anyway. So then when I, so I give birth to the baby. So they're my babies. Of course they're your babies. So they're not yours. No, you're pregnant, but I am impregnated you. So <laughs> but- what am I, a cow? <laughs> So when I have so when I give birth again, if ever, inshallah, do you think as if, if I'm like, oh yeah, you can't say that. Oh yeah, my kids, you can't say that because you're they're mine. Huh? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Anyways, we got pregnant. It's not like I got pregnant with freaking the milk. Oh, what you what? You it's got it's not like I got pregnant with the milkman's baby interrupter. <laughs> Never been on the podcaster again, dear. <laughs> anyway, so I got pregnant. Immaculate conception. That's going to be how the next one happens because I don't want you no more. Um, and then like a month later, not like a month later, a couple of weeks later, um, you know, well, we went to the doctor, confirmed her pregnancy. And then this one was a little bit longer. I want to say this one was like probably like 13, 14 weeks. Um, I started having cramping and I started bleeding. We went to the emergency room and they had told me that I was having a miscarriage. Um, and they were able to do that because they took, didn't they take uh, levels? Like they had you do a urine test or something like that? Yeah, because it was... It was Checking in, your hormone levels or something like right, that. Right, so they checked my hormone levels and they were a confirmed pregnancy. And then we checked them when I was there. They checked them again and they were dropping... And I was bleeding, and so they had said that I was having a miscarriage. Um, so after that, that's when our doctor, she stepped in and she was like, you know, something's going on. This is not normal. We need to figure out, I think it's time that we see, you know, like infertility specialist. And the whole time I'm thinking like, what the hell? Like, how is this happening? What's wrong with me? You know, And honestly, I think that society, like, and you can say something different, but I feel like, especially from family too, like, automatically the woman is looked at like, well, I know from members of your family, it was kind of, there was comments made like, oh, what's wrong? Like, what the doctors say about you? You know what I mean? Like, why can't I? 
you know, carry a pregnancy like it was my fault. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Ain't nobody, nobody ever really talked to me and said like, "Hey, is everything okay with you? Like, is mm-hmm. everything okay on your side?" I, I can't remember hearing anything from really anybody right. telling me that. You know, hey, are you all right? Or you know, it was. It was always like, "Is she okay?" Or you know, what's going on? Or is everything okay with her? Or right, that right. Kind of thing. And um, which it's crazy. So we actually went a year of me having every test under the sun poked and probed and I mean literally everything so painful all these testings have done and they could not find and we were praying like please find something wrong so we can fix it remember we were just like what the hell like I mean it's literally we went through a year of this and at the time we were seeing Michael Jackson over at Loma Linda (laughs) (laughs) oh my god some dude some dude that looked like hey like your skin color, like, didn't look like it was naturally like that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, super pale, you know. And he was Asian. Yeah. Keep yeah. in mind. Okay, so our, this Asian doctor, and he had, like, the weirdest hair. So he had, like, the U-shaped, like, hair on the side. He definitely needs some innate. He had the hair on the side, and then he was trying to, like, comb it over. Like, but it was, like, kind of sweaty. It was just weird. So, so Alex is with me in my appointment. And this guy's, like, literally knee-deep in my vagina, probing me one of the many times. And Alex is sitting to the side of me, and all of a sudden he's like in there, and his his hair that's like swooped over falls like his in front of his over. his comb over falls in front of his face, and I look at Alex and he's just dying like, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't la-. like I will literally fart in this dude's face if I from the pressure like there's already pressure because he's in my vagina, and then now you're making me like crack up laughing. It was terrible, and it was like we I think we do a really good job of. <laughs> of making like situations that are so terrible like funny like we find the humor in everything you know what i mean which i love about us but um just because oh his voice was so low too and the skin was just like uh michael jackson yeah <laughs> first of all don't respect michael jackson we like michael jackson. michael jackson um rest in peace i'm down with thriller um Come on. I the okay so we <laughs> So we literally went to him for a whole year. He couldn't find anything. And then very, at the very end, and keep in mind, I was the thinnest I'd ever been in my entire life, even like as a child. And he, the conclusion was, oh, well, you're fat. So that's why. And there was a language barrier. Uh, but it was, I said, okay, wait, so I'm fat. So I killed my babies. I honestly think that he kind of just like, kind of just like looked at me and looked at my age and was like, like, oh, well, you look like. You know, you're fit enough and you're, you know, like, looked at me. But that's what's wrong. That's what's wrong with a lot of doctors is they, you can't look at somebody and assume that they're healthy just by the way that they look. Then you can't look at somebody and say just by the way that they look that they're unhealthy. Because I think he just asked me some general questions like, well, what do you do for work? And then I told him, you know, I work outside. I do this. Right. Like, oh, like, you know, how do you feel? Like, just general stuff. And he was... He was like, no, you should be fine, you know, like your energy levels. How much sleep do you get every day? Yeah, like, but he never did. There was stuff, you know. There was never any blood test. There was never, like, he literally had, did nothing. He was not tested. And so, eventually, after he had said that I was because I was fat, I was like, cool, no. Um, I went to my primary doctor. Remember, I was in tears, and I was like, he literally just said, I'm fat. That's why I I killed my babies. Like, that's why I miscarried. And And she was like, no, he's an idiot, you know. That's not what happened. And so we went to a different um, infertility specialist in um, Orange County. And um, the first thing they did 
when we like sent over all of our medical records, they were like, oh, there's no testing for your husband. I'm like, he's never been tested. Like I'm the problem, like clearly. And they're like, no, um, it's the first, it's so much easier to test the husband. Cause literally, I mean, it's not to be nasty, but he jacks off in a cup and we check his spermies. Like it's really that simple. Basically, believe me, it's more uncomfortable for me. Oh my God. Don't even. It's more uncomfortable for me going down there and knowing that probably 500 other dudes that day jacked off in the same location. Alex, you literally, that's your only job. That's Imagine so if you told me that cool, you have to go get an ultrasound. They're gonna probe you and sh- like literally try to get to your brain with yeah, this but probe. All, y- all y'all are nervous over there, and you have when, a small Virginia. That same location, everybody's getting it off. So it doesn't I'm matter. Like, I don't care if you told me that. Oh, you have to get an ultrasound, but it's gonna be a happy ending at the end. <laughs> probe me up. That's fine. I don't care. I had to go up in there with a black light just to make sure everything was. You know, You're disgusting. Safe. Anyways. Really? Take one for the freaking team, bro. I did. <laughs> oh, I'm so proud of you that you <laughs> masturbated in a cup. Gosh. Um, I literally had dye injected into my uterus. A tiny... You know how horrible that was? I had my I uterus say, shaved. Do, y'all got it a lot tougher. I Thank don't know you, how you were about, I was about to unplug your microphone. Um, so they tested him and then they found, oh, his sperm's a little bit crazy so which it wasn't anything that couldn't be fixed with medicine and diet changing and then it was fine and literally they were like that's the issue so we were i remember i remember i just started exercising i started taking some folic acid i started mm-hmm. taking some right multivitamin i started uh eating right i think i dropped like maybe the time from they initially tested me I think it was like three months later, I dropped like 15 or 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like, so everything was on the up and up. And then I went to go back and get tested again. They're like, oh yeah, everything's good. You're like in normal range. Everything's good to go. Right. But, Do you remember when they first told us and then we went in the parking garage and we were sitting there? I was, cr- I cried. Yeah, I remember that. Because yeah. it was like such a relief to finally have an answer, number one. And then for it to not be my fault after everything that, you know, we've been told and stuff like it was and something that could be fixed. It's like not even a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I just remember the sense of relief. Like, oh, my God. Like, are you kidding me? We finally have an answer. Um, yeah, I think it was uh, the parking lot off of Bastonchury and Harbor. Don't be telling people where we be going. <laughs> trying to get a shot on a podcast. Um, Multi-level <laughs> parking structure. So then from there, you know, we did um, a couple of different um infertility things and we got pregnant with quadruplets first it was triplets which was crazy uh, we did so we did we didn't do a lot of people think we did ivf we didn't do ivf we actually did an iui which is basically the same as, as an ivf except they don't um like take your eggs out and then make the baby in the petri dish and then like put it back in you this one you basically they grow your eggs and they want multiple eggs so you have a higher chance of one sticking and then they like, um, they do a sperm wash where they take your husband's sperm and they like, they like, um, not stir it. They spin it and they get the strongest ones. In a nutshell, it's like, it's like. Oh, cut her off her. <laughs> it's like artificial insemination, like at the peak, like they take all these levels of, you know, your blood, everything. So like. Your hormones are like the exact level they want. They would tell her to come in like, hey, we want you to come in between like on this day between like 
There's a lot of science like, involved. Yeah, between like 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. Like this is going to be the peak time, you know, like they get really, really. But yeah, so I had to give myself injections like that sucked ass. Do you remember like giving me all my like injections yeah, in my stomach and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I remember one time we were fighting and I had to give myself a shot. And I didn't want to ask him because I was being stubborn. I was like, fuck you. I don't need you, bro. Like, I'll give myself my own shot. Oh, my God. It was so hard. Like, I literally put the thing, the, the syringe to my stomach. And I walked into the refrigerator just so it would go because I couldn't poke myself. Like, I was like, Bruh! and then I was mad at you because you made me do it by myself. Because, well, you didn't make me, but you basically made me. And just um, to let everybody know, too. Like, I know there's some people, some doctors you go to. And it's like, like they'll try to give you whatever you want regardless of you know, your, your health and your safety. But the people that we went to were clearly, that wasn't their reputation at all. This, this guy had been on TV, like, uh -huh. like he was supposed to be a super highly recommended doctor for infertility. And that's why he we went, went to USC. To he didn't go to Notre Dame. He <laughs> went to USC. But so like what had happened, us having, ending up having quads, he was like, this has never happened to me before. Like this is, he was like, I can't believe this happened. You know, like they were all tripping out. Yeah, no. So, uh, so at first it was triplets. And then we went in a week later and they were like, oh, well, surprise. One of them split. Um, and there's four. And there was no excitement. I mean, there was excitement on our end. We were stoked. But on their end, there was no congratulations. It was like, okay, cool. Which ones are you going to terminate? They were like, look, the... The probability of you being able to carry four is not very high. And the likeliness that something will happen to the others, you know, the chances go a lot higher up. So the responsible thing, that's this is what they tell you. The responsible thing for you guys to do is to reduce the, you know, the amount of babies that you're holding or, you know. Uh, to me, it drives me crazy. They don't even call them babies. They call them, you know, fetuses, which yeah. I'm like. And they say reduce. <laughs> reduce, a.k.a. murder. Kill. So us being the people that we are you know we prayed about it and everything and there's a part of you that thinks like hey are you being are you being irresponsible by mm -hmm. trying to to let it play out but then again like our beliefs we were just like you know what you know i don't want to put it in our own hands we're just going to throw this in the hands of god and right. let him do his thing and right. some people still they'll disagree like i'm sure people hearing this right now will be like you guys are idiots but you know what that's that's why you have an option and oh, my faith you. is my faith is strong enough to to be able to take those kind of comments but um yeah so we we decided to, to stick with our guns there and, and just let it play out and you know what i think in the end it by my wife being able to do this podcast and be able to talk to other people not just with you know multiples but you know just miscarriages in general i think i think it's she's been able to use it for good so um, it's sad, but at the same time, I think God has given us a platform to be able to use to help other people. So in that sense, I'm thankful and I'm thankful for the experience that we had, uh, even if it was a short little time that we had them with, but yeah, yeah. yep. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I don't want to, inter sorry, I don't want to interrupt you cause I want <laughs> you to talk, but I'm like, Hey, keep going, keep going. Um, so yeah, so we, I was going to say, sorry, but it's crazy that. You know, people who don't know me, they think like, oh my gosh, like, 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 I can't believe you handled this or handled that in that kind of way. Like you're such a, you know, understanding man, but don't get it twisted. I don't know what it is. And I tell her and she knows, but 
for the big things, I seem to step it's up and, you're do a tourist. The, and do the right things. But for the little things, like like he could handle <laughs> the death of our children. But if he's in the morning, but in the morning, what? Oh my God, is that a bunny? <gasps> a bunny just fell off my shelf. <gasps> oh my God, that's our babies. <laughs> our babies. Do you feel, or do you think it's just the wind? No, I feel. You lying ass bitch. <laughs> um, but no, my husband could handle the death of our kids. Um, but if he is running late for work and he can't find his keys in the morning, he's losing his salvation. That's true. Okay. Off with your heads. Very true. It's literally, it's insane. Okay. I know what it is. The big stuff is like no sweat to me and the little things don't get to me. I don't know. Um, so anyway, um, we were super excited about having four and they were like, no. And it's funny. So remember when he said, oh yeah, you should eliminate the, 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 the identical twins cause they share the same sack. It would be the easiest. And we left and I was like, I know that's my twin girls. Because, you know, every girl, every woman I feel like wants, well, maybe not everybody, but a lot of girls, they're like, I just want to, I just want a girl. I just want a little girl. And I'd always said that. And then to get two, it's like jackpot. Um, and I was like, I know, I know that's my girls. Like, I just felt it in my spirit because, you know, I'm like, I'm a Pisces. I'm psychic. Um, so, and it was, it turned out to be, yes, those are my girls. Um, and for those of you who weren't wondering, we had two boys and two girls. Well, one of them, we couldn't really tell what it was. Um, that baby had passed like a month prior, but, um, I think in, in the ultrasound prior, they were thinking that that one might've been a boy. But mm-hmm. And then I had a dream like later and I, it was like a boy, I know it was a boy, but anyways. Um, so do you remember, what time, where are we at at time? Do you remember when my water broke? Yeah, I do. It was, uh, one of the toughest days of, I know both of our lives it, Mm-hmm. It's a very hard day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sucks ass. I remember um, I had, we were watching some Alaskan bush or Alaskan crazy show. It was later, it was late at night, like maybe like 10 something. And um, I was laying on my side and we we're watching the show and we we're eating round table pizza and it was a chicken and garlic gourmet, which is fire. Um, you had brought it home from work because I wanted one, I wanted it so bad. And I got up to like rotate and then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm peeing, I'm peeing, like I'm peeing. And you're like, stop peeing. I'm like, I can't, something's happening. <laughs> and that's one thing I love about my husband. Like I freak out, you know, I'm like, bah! and he's like, it's okay. Like we'll call the doctor. Like, don't worry. And even when she sounds okay, come to the hospital or come to whatever. He's just like, don't worry. The whole entire time my husband kept telling me it was going to be okay. Like, like don't worry. You know, the doctor has to tell you that because they have to be <laughs> extra cautious. So don't, don't worry about it. Um, and it's crazy. So the whole time my husband never cried. He never, nothing like didn't, didn't show any sign of weakness. Or I mean, literally through my entire labor and delivery, like I had to deliver my kids, um, through my epidural, like literally through everything. He was my rock and I had to have a DNC after because I couldn't give birth to floor four placenters. And after I came back from my DNC, you know, like my husband was there and it was funny. A nurse came up to me afterwards when Alex finally fell asleep and she was like, I just have to tell you, I've never seen a man love his wife the way your husband loves you. And I'm like, what makes you say that? And she's like, you know, he's just been so strong this whole time. And the second you were away, like out of sight, he broke down and it wasn't like, not that he wasn't breaking down because your kids, but he was 
he broke down because he was like, she has to be okay. Like nothing can happen to her. She has to be okay. And, um, I was like, wow, he really loves me. He doesn't want to murder me. Well, I feel like I had like, you know, it's, it would just benefit you if I just, you know, kind of seem like everything's going to be okay. Even though at the time in my head, I was thinking like, this is not good. All the stuff that was happening. Um, but the thing that really got to me is they told me when you were going to have the DNC, they said it was only going to take, I think it was like a half hour. Right. And it ended up taking like an hour and a half. Yeah. And nobody was coming back to me to tell me how you were. And that drove me insane. I could not, I couldn't, you know, nobody could get any information for me other than like, she's still back there. So now but do you kind of know? Hardest, it was the hardest probably hour and a half I had to go through because I didn't know what was going on. At that point, you know, I was praying. I was, you know, I was in the waiting room and I was praying and stuff, but you know, I was just thinking in my head, like, well, what if I lose everything? You know, like, I lose my kids and then I lose my wife. I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, <laughs> I legitly have those feelings of, like, what the heck am I going to do if that happens? You would still have Athena. <laughs> She's dead now, but. It was a very tough hour and a half. And I don't wish that on anybody to have to go through that. But, you know, I. Meanwhile, I'm literally in there cracking everybody up because my knees are in my, my, my legs are in some type of contraption by my ears and there's like a vacuum in my vagina and there's five doctors next to me and I'm like making them all crack up laughing and they're trying to give me propofol and it's just, it was just drama. It was trauma. Um, but so yeah, that was a really hard thing, a really hard thing to go through. Um, I'll never forget when we looked at our babies. Well, I didn't want to look at them at first, and I'm not going to lie. And I've said this. I'm like, I was scared. I was like, because they ask you like, oh, you know, once once you give birth, like, do you want to look at them? Do you want us to put them on your chest? Which the one thing I regret is not having them like just all over me. Because um, I was like, no, I'm scared. Like, what if they look crazy or like demon, like not demons, but you know what I mean? Like all like deformed or something. Like, I don't know. Um, and I remember my husband went to go look first. And then the first thing I remember, he came back from the curtain and he was just like, with tears in his eyes, he was like, they're so beautiful. He was like, they're just small babies. He was like, they're so beautiful. Yeah, they had everything. I mean, they had, you know, hands, fingernails, everything. You know? And then he was like, our son looks like your brother. And, and I'm like, oh my God, shut up. About the only thing that was off was just that, you know, they didn't have any pigmentation yet. So they mm -hmm. were really red, but... Other than that, all the features were still there. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, everything was Our there. little girls look like my husband, which pissed me off. I'm like, really? My girls have to look like him, but my son looked like me, which... Well, it looked like my brother, which kind of looked like me, but had my, like, my chin. Um, but yeah, it was a really hard time. Um, I don't, we don't wish that upon anybody. And... I got to say the worst, after all that, the emotional stuff, the absolute worst thing... Oh my goodness! Is did you make it? No, we didn't have no fan. So it was so hot, like it was. It was in, in July. Yeah, and it was like I don't know, 110 degrees outside, and the rooms, like even with the air conditioning on, it still wasn't getting cold. And they have like extra air conditioners in case you need, you know, mm -hmm. to be a little bit cooler in the room. In case you're giving birth to quadruplets and they die and you need and air. Everybody had already like taken them for the rooms, so we didn't have any air conditioning. So. After all this trauma had happened, 
and she's all you know fixed up and everything and she's in the resting bed she's like i'm so hot and you know everybody that listens knows that my wife has panic attacks or had Mm -hmm. you know has anxiety well she was like i'm so hot right now like i'm having a panic attack like my anxiety is bad so what am I doing? I'm over here fanning her and I, I, I'm not lying. Like I felt like my arm was going to fall off because I'm over <laughs> here trying to fan her with my hand and like a piece of paper and you know, he this literally, is going on for hours. He literally, like, I had ice, I had ice packs on me and my husband literally fanned me for probably an hour to an hour and 45 minutes to two hours with his hand and then fine. And he, they brought him a bed so he could finally lay down and go to sleep. Cause I was in labor for like 30 something hours. He laid down and he was still like sleeping. I don't know how he did it. He was sleeping and fanning me at the same time. I don't know how I did it either, but I just remember like <laughs> that was like one of the hardest tasks I've ever had to do in my entire life. I was like, oh my But that's goodness. the hard task. Not everything else, but that's the hard task for <laughs> I know, you. That's, what that's I'm why it doesn't that's, make any sense. That's what I'm saying. I love you. Um so yeah. And then we had their funeral and <laughs> that was just just anybody that wants to feel that kind of, uh, I guess, uh, burning sensation, just just hold out a 10-pound weight or or maybe for, I don't know, if, if that's too heavy, maybe a 5-pound weight. Just hold that out and hold that there for like 10 minutes and then it's going to start to burn. And I guarantee you, but that's what I was feeling the whole time in my arm while I was doing that. I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, after all this trauma, this this is the hardest thing that I'm having to do right now as family. Oh. Um... So, yeah, we and then we obviously went home. We had to plan our funeral, the funeral for the babies. Um, Oh, another thing I want to touch on is when we were leaving to go home. It was crazy because we had been through all this, this stuff that had just happened. Like our lives have been, you know, turned upside down. And, you know, they release us. And as we're driving home, it's just the weirdest, weirdest feeling ever is because we had just got done with with all this that had happened and it's during the normal work week and it's like you know there's traffic out there it's like everybody else is going through their normal life and it almost feels like you're in slow-mo and you're just watching everybody else live their life Mm -hmm. it's it's the craziest feeling that was a super crazy feeling it was just like like because your world stops right and you're just looking at everybody else and everybody else is go 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 Mm -hmm. like how it normally is Mm -hmm. and you're just like I'll never forget when they were wheeling us out of the room and seeing all the other parents and everybody else like expectant and they're waiting, you know, because the baby's coming. People had balloons and flowers and you're literally, you're leaving without your kids. And I remember. And I just want to tell like all your listeners out there that, you know, everybody handles it differently. Like I handle it in my own way. You handle it in your own way. Like, but I think it's important to let you handle it your way and me handle it my right. way. Right. There's you know no I mean? there's like, no wrong or right way to deal with something like this. There's no cuz obviously you were a lot more just like outwardly emotional and willing to talk about it and whereas I'm I'm a little bit more introverted right. and I'm not I'm not trying to tell everybody all my problems right. and everybody what I'm feeling, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it would just get to me and I would just need that hour or two hours by myself. Mm-hmm for me to cope with it, you know, and, and I'm just thankful that you were able to, you know, kind of see that in me and other people around us too, like didn't push on me too hard because I feel like I just deal with it in my own way. Right. And, um, yeah. So if your man is, you know, maybe you're going through something similar and your man isn't like 
crying you know, or crying or or outward you know outwardly like you know holding on to you and all that like it just might it just might be he he doesn't communicate like that which I know? feel like you did a good job of still being there for me when I was breaking down um and not shutting down which I know a lot of people they shut down in times of you know death and traumatic stuff like that which I feel like you did a really good job of um of that so I ain't gonna lie like there's sometimes where I'm like you know like inside I'm kind of like fighting me saying something that I know is gonna make you more upset or 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 more sad you know like Mm -hmm. I had to hold that back because I know that what I'm gonna say right now is not gonna be what you want to hear Right. So there's a lot of times where I have to do that, where I'm like, it's not going to make the situation better, you know, like, I'm just going to bite my lip and, and shut shut up and not say nothing, you know. And, and then I would think, you know, an hour or two down, you know, later, I'd be like, I'm glad I didn't say nothing. And okay, now I'm able to kind of, you know, sit back and see where you were in that situation and not, you didn't need my help or nothing. You just needed somebody to be there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's tough. So, um, let's switch it up a little bit. So we're going to play a little game, which you didn't know we were going to do this because I just thought about it when I was making the outline. So we're, I'm going to give you some like, and I think I've played this with you before. So I'm going to give you some like abbreviations of like infertility words mm-hmm. and you tell me what they mean. Okay. Oh, like definition or what they like. Layman's no, term. Definition. Okay. You can give me layman's term if you really mm-hmm. don't know the definition. Okay, so what does what is what does IVF stand for? In vitro fertilization. Good job. <laughs> I knew you would get that one. Okay, what does IUI stand for? Um, I don't know. It's something um, in utero insemination. <laughs> A close. I think it's intro intro utero something like that. Well, same thing. Um, I'll give that one to you. Okay, what is a BFP? Uh, I have no clue. You don't know what BFP stands for? Nope. Okay, what... <laughs> so, well, the, okay, you'll know the next one if I tell it to you, but so, okay, so you don't know what BFP is. Do you know what BFN is? Um. Take a guess. <laughs> Better fucking not. (laughs) (laughs) So BFP means big fat positive. So when you're like trying to get pregnant. I remember you guys saying that and you were in a group or something. And I was like, what the heck is that? And you told me. And then BFN is big fat negative. I was like, oh gosh. Okay. What does TTC mean? Um, I don't know. Okay, guess. I don't want to guess. Yes. Ah. Come on. That's like Alexander <laughs> Robles. Oh, my God. Sometimes you cannot take the hood out of the fool. Lord Jesus. So, no, it doesn't stand for that that chronic. It stands for trying to conceive. Oh, Just so okay. we know, yeah. my husband does not do drugs anymore, okay? That was back in the day. I got a, I got a class A license, and uh, yeah. on top of that, I, I choose not to anyway. But. Yeah, so moving on. Um, so you <laughs> sucked at that game. Um, but, <laughs> oh gosh, Lord Jesus. Um, okay, so um, things that, we, that I wanted to talk about with you guys still. Um, 
really quickly. So infertility, um, I guess pet peeves. Um, what are some of your pet peeves? Let me ask you. Do you have any pet peeves of when it comes to infertility? Probably not because you don't let anything bug you. Yeah, I think uh, I already touched on that though. We're pregnant. It's like, no, you're pregnant. I know. I'm beat I'm beating a dead horse. Here. So your your pet peeve is me? <laughs> no, it's not you, it's that phrase. But you're anyway, annoying. let's move on. Uh, um so my pet peeves, <laughs> let me count the ways. I have a thousands of them. First of all, people who get pregnant on their honeymoon, you're annoying. Um uh <laughs> people who have like five kids and then or and then they're like, we're just trying for another one and we're just having trouble. I mean, I get it. Like, it sucks to have trouble. But it's like, you have five. You're fine. Or this is my pet Relax. peeve. Relax. My pet peeve. It's expensive as shit. It is. It's, it's expensive. I ain't gonna lie. Like... How would you know? We don't have kids. <laughs> I know. And... and <laughs> oh, you mean it's expensive to try to get pregnant? Yes, oh. yes. Like, it's all the doctor <laughs> it's visits. It's stupid. Yes. Like... You know what? We could have... We could have... We could have bought a beachfront house in Newport Beach with what we've freaking paid for infertility I kinda nonsense. Wish, I kind of wish that we would have just known that it was going to, you know, it was going to be this challenging because then we probably would have pursued other avenues rather than, you know, spend money on... Right. You know, and put our hopes in other things for... So... You know? Um, that would be my husband's pet peeve. Um, another pet peeve. I mean, I'm um, talking about us adopting too. Like we had. Oh yeah, we had a failed up. adoption. We had, we had. We also too. We had an apartment, and we were paying for an extra room, knowing that we were going to try to adopt. So mm-hmm. that's 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 a whole extra expense that you're putting in right. every month. That's an extra three four hundred dollars mm-hmm. on top of what normal rent would be because you have that extra mm-hmm. room. You mm-hmm. know, so. Yep. That's. That's a whole adoption episode. We'll that's do an ad- my, we'll, that's where my mind goes. We'll do an adoption episode, don't worry, playa. Um and then <laughs> um you know, just everything bugs when you're going through fertility and you can't get pregnant. Everybody else getting pregnant is super annoying. And then when you have kids, you have beautiful kids, they're healthy, you can get pregnant with them no problem. When you go on social media and you complain about your kids, which I get it. I mean, I get it in a way, but I don't because I know kids are it's super difficult. I mean, I can only imagine. Um but don't complain about your kids to somebody who has trouble having kids. Like, you're annoying. Um, or, like, when they make the comment, like, oh, he's so crazy. Do you want him? It's like, yeah, bitch, I kind of do. Let me have your child. You know what I mean? Like, things like that bug me. Um, or when people message you out of nowhere and they're like, hey, I have a friend or so-and-so at my church. There's this girl and she doesn't want her baby. Do you guys want the baby? Literally, that's happened to us ten times. Do we have a baby? No. Um, so that's annoying. Can't blame the parents, but you know, they always, I know their intentions are good, but yeah. it's like really like, unless a baby, somebody dropped a baby yeah. off on your doorstep, don't hit me up talking about, Oh, there's a free baby. Like, cause that just, it just triggers a lot of emotion and hopes and it's just, it's just annoying. Every situation is like, they want to, you know, first, their first thought is to give up the baby and they're more than willing. But then like the closer they get to the due date, they're, they're probably, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're not understanding what it's going to be to be a parent. And then they, you know, they start thinking about it. Or probably have family members telling them too, like, Hey, right. it's going to be okay. You know? And then they want to keep the baby, which you can't fault the parents for that. You know, it just, it just kind of sucks because there's been so many times that people have been telling us, like you said, Hey, you know, like they really don't want the baby and mm-hmm. both parties are like, yeah, we, you know, we, we don't yep. want the, we don't want our child and, but we want our child to have a good home and, just falls through like oh uh-huh. no we decide to keep the baby like 
Yep, so many times it's happened, so. It's super annoying. Um, I think just, I think just kind of, and I know, and I have, I have really good, you know, friends in my life who are sensitive to my feelings. Like when they'll hit me up like, hey, you know, we're pregnant and I just wanted to let you know because we're about to announce it and I don't want you to, you know, hate me or try to keep my car. And so, <laughs> um, it's just hard. Like I want to be invited to your baby showers. I want to be invited to your, all these things, but 98% I won't show up. Um, I'll send you a gift and I'll be wanting to go, but it's just hard for me in particular. My husband's a little bit different. He's a little bit stronger. Um, it's just hard for me. And if I show up to your baby shower, please know that your child is half mine because I'm came to the baby shower. So, and that shit's hard. Um, and so another thing that's frustrating as a mom and my husband, I I feel like he, again, he's more level headed than me. I'm very emotional. Um, and I'm a woman and these are my kids. So I'm very mama bear. I feel is when people make insensitive comments, especially family, um, or your kids aren't acknowledged like stillborn children. Um, you know, not saying that stillborn and miscarriage one's better than the other they both suck and both of those babies lives matter um it's just different and you know we've had miscarriages and we've had stillborn children and I can't tell you how upsetting it is when you're and you think it happens a lot more than people think like you know for example my dad if we're somewhere and they're like oh how many grandkids do you have and he's like, oh, I have, I don't know, one, two, three, four. And he's like, oh, I have five. And I'm like, oh, really, fool? Because I could have sworn you had like nine, you know? Yeah, me and her are a little bit different on that just because I feel like if this wouldn't happen to me, I could empathize and put myself in somebody else's situation. Mm-hmm. And I would just feel like, number one, like say if that happened to like, I don't know, a cousin or, or even a brother. I would just feel like a little bit awkward for bringing it up. You know right. what I mean? Like, well, so and I, I get it. Kinda, I know people, they're like, like, maybe I want to acknowledge, but then again, like, I don't know. You know what I right. mean? Right. Like, no, I totally understand. But I feel like there's, so there's, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And to be honest with you, like, but sometimes you do when you shouldn't. Cause sometimes, yeah, sometimes people are assholes. That's true. Um, but I know that most of the time people aren't in my life every day. And I'm just like, like whatever. there was a moment when, so, for example, so for when one of the, and I've said this before a thousand times, one of the best moments in my life, um, other than marrying my husband, but the top best moment of my life was when they told me that I was having a son. Um, I didn't expect it to be the best moment of my life. I thought it would be, hey, you're having twin girls. Like, that's, I feel like that's somebody's dream. Um, but when they told me I have a son, and again, I don't know if it's because my husband or I don't know, like, and me and my husband are stupid in love with each other, right? Um, like it's obnoxious. Right, babe? Yeah, I love being home with my wife. I, I hear people talk about their wives all the time at work and I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, I like being home with my wife. I don't, I don't know. You know, some people, they legitly want to go to work so they can get away from their wife and their family. And I'm just like, man, that's a sad life to live. It ain't me. But... Oh, babe. Um, so, you know, we had a son, um... And there was a moment when we were at like a family party and there was a comment made by somebody and they were like, 
another another member in the family was found found out that they were just having like a boy another member of my husband's family and there was a comment made when she walked in and she was pregnant and they were like the person said oh my gosh first robles boy first robles boy and i literally wanted to roundhouse kick this person in the fucking throat sorry mom that i said effing um but i was so i was so my god i lost my shit um Stuff like that, I feel like is not is not freaking cool. Um, again, ignorance is bliss, but it's super freaking annoying. Um, so little things like that, <laughs> or the oh, um, so what do you, when are you guys trying again? Or oh, so what's going on like adoption? It's like listen, or oh, maybe you guys should just get like a dog. Maybe you should shut the hell up and mind your own freaking business. Um, again, I put everything out there in the streets for people to know. So it's like, if you haven't known, if you don't know what's cracking in the streets, don't be trying to give me your freaking opinion. Okay. Because believe me, you will know because I share freaking everything. So, carate pendeja. Or some people would be like, Hey, why don't you get, just try again? Because you know, what do you have to lose? And I'm like, like my life fool. Like motherfuckers, you know what I've been through already? <laughs> like, you're going to over here tell me this shit? You got to come over here and, and tell me that's my face? Like. Yeah, what do you, you know, have to lose? Uh, I'm my quiet wife. I'm inside, but I'm like, motherfucker, I want to just. Bobby, stop cussing. Sorry. sorry. Um, My bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then now, so, hold on, let me see where we're at time wise, because. Okay, we got a little bit of time. So, um, where we are now in our journey to start a family. Um,. It's hard to say, and this was, I'm in a jacked up space right now. Um, I'm just going to put it out there. I, I don't know what to do. And I've talked to multiple people about it. Um, it's weird. People are like, well, are you praying about it? And it's honestly, no, like I'm not. This is probably the one thing, like I, I'll shout out like little prayers are in there. But like, as far as like on my hands and knees, I feel like I've been there. And like when I was like begging God to not take my kids. And I feel like when it comes to this, God doesn't listen to us. And I know that's blasphemy. I know that's not true. But that's what my flesh feels. My flesh feels that God can literally do anything except this one thing. He he can't. And um, there comes a point, you know, like I'm getting older. Um... I'm going to be, how old am I going to be? 34? Oh, ew. So I'm going to be 34. And do I, you know, do I freeze my eggs? Do I, do I go to science to help us? Because we want to have a family. Um, or do I just rely on faith and be like, no, if it's meant to be, God will, God will do it. Because I know people who are, who wanted kids and they're in their 50s and they don't have kids and they're not having kids. And so... It's hard to decipher whether or not, you know, this is a tool that the Lord is going to give you to be able to use or if this is something that, you know, you're trying to take into your own hands and, you know, being selfish. It's it's Uh really hard to decipher that. And And I don't know. And I know the way. And here's the thing. I know the way to get there and to find an answer is through prayer. But. Hey, for all y'all, I'm not too ashamed to ask for, you know, anybody out there that wants to pray for us. Please do so because, you know, I I ain't right in the mind. You know, ninety percent of the time, and anybody says they are, they. If anybody you know, got a prophetic word, 
like yeah you're gonna have a baby <laughs> that'd be nice <laughs> slide into the dm but no um I feel like I'm in a jacked up space because I feel like I don't, I literally don't know what to do. Like I'm torn. Like it's a lot on our marriage. It's a lot on us physically, financially, emotionally, everything to go through, you know, the science side again, to do all this again. Um, and it could, it could still not work. You know what I mean? And I don't, I feel like I don't feel right putting my, uh, us, my family, which is me, my husband, and now Bruno in a financial hardship or a financial debt just to try and have a family because I part of me is like well no I, I have faith in God I feel like I know that it'll happen but then there's the part of me that's like well no will it like what if it doesn't like are you being negligent are you not being whatever and then maybe I'm like you know what maybe we don't have kids maybe there's so many times I think like we have an amazing life we could just get up and go we can do whatever we want like I love our life together so maybe I we I don't want to have kids but then it's like I feel like I just, I feel like I'm just telling myself that because then I like look at you and I'm like, oh, oh my God. And I'm like, I just want, just want to create. I just want to have life with you. And it's so unfair that it can't just happen. It makes me so angry because I feel like I feel like if I was with anybody else, I, maybe I wouldn't want kids. I'm like, no, I'm just living life and having fun. <laughs> I feel like it's because it's you. like. And for me, it just makes me feel helpless because like, I want to do anything that I can. So this woman, I just want to make her happy. And I can't. There's, I'm trying to do everything that I, I could do for me. And there's not really much that I could do on my own. So it just frustrates the crap out of me. But... And it's just super, it's like, I just don't know. And I feel like, I feel like a little kid not knowing what to do. And, you know, I've, I've asked my dad, I've asked, you know, my mom, when I say my mom, I don't need my birth mom. I mean, like all the other women in my life that I've been luckily, luckily, lucky enough to have as moms. And, you know, people are like, don't give up. And I know God has this for you, but it's like, do you really know? You don't know. And you see everybody else getting their happy ending. People who've struggled with fertility for three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years. And it's, it's, you're happy for them. Like, I'm not an asshole, but my heart just breaks because it's like, when do we get ours? When does it happen? And I feel like it never will. Like, I, and that's the truth. Like, and, I feel like I have faith in so many things in this world and I have things that I can't see. I'm like, no, I know God will deliver and he does. Except for this one area in my life, I feel like. And I feel like it's just, it, uh, and I feel torn. I feel like I don't, I literally don't know what to do. I don't know which road to take. And I feel it just like I'm in this, this trying to conceive purgatory and, and, you know, I think about so many things. I feel like, you know, we're not getting younger. Our parents aren't getting younger. And I think about my dad and I feel like it would kill me, literally kill me if to not see like my kids with my dad, like it would literally just break my heart. And so I, 
I'm honestly just in a, a, a not good spot. Like when people keep asking like, well, what's, what's going on and what's this? And it's like, I honestly don't know. I feel like I'm just stuck. I feel like it was awful, terrible pregnancy, trying to start a family stuckness and it sucks freaking balls. Um, so yeah. How are you? Um, (laughs) And I'm over here. I'm actually, I actually, you know, despite everything that's happened to us, I I actually feel cool and, and believe that God's going to pull through and he's going to take care of it because in my life, he always has. And I just feel like he is going to pull through. And there is that little piece of me though, that's going like, man, well, um, is this the the you know am I being too laid back and, and that's what that's where I'm at I'm like I, I don't know and I feel like there's this pressure because I mean you're the head of the house mm-hmm. obviously but it's like I'm the Nick <laughs> and I feel like I can turn the head which way I want it to go like you're very you you wear the pants but I tell you what pants kind of to wear I feel and so I feel like you're, and you're just, you've been, you've been very cool with being like, cool, like whatever you want to do, I'll support you. Husbands, the trick is to let them think. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's hard because I feel like, cool, if I was like, babe, we're doing this, we're going to the doctor and we're doing this, you'd be like, okay, cool, I'm down. But if I'm like, cool, we're not doing that. We're just going to wait on God. You'd be like, okay, cool, I'm down. So I, there's a part of me that feels like it's all on me and... I literally don't know. That's why I feel like I'm in this this purgatory right now. This infertility a, purgatory. I think it's a little bit easier for me to be in that position though too because like I've told you and people who are close to us know that like I would love to have kids, like no doubt about it. But I'm also not the person that's going to be like, hey, like I feel like I need to have kids to be fulfilled in my life. You know what I right. mean? So because I really do feel that way, I really it's easier for me to kind of take that approach to be like, but I'm trying to give you what you want. So I'm, I I don't know where to go with that. You know, I don't want to be the irresponsible guy that, you know, goes to, to Mexico just to get some IVF. Mexico. (laughs) You think I would go to Mexico? Or Sweden. What was it? It was Poland, fool. Mexico. I won't even go to Mexico for vacation. But you know what I mean? I don't want to be irresponsible either. Right. So, and I definitely ain't trying to to disrespect the Lord, <laughs> even though I do on a daily basis. But, you <laughs> yeah, know, when like you can't find, I'm, I'm gonna remind you that when you can't find your keys. Blatantly trying to. Um. Know. So yeah, that's where I'm at, <laughs> and so that's gonna wrap up this infertility talk because I'm literally my nose is running like crazy. You might have to do another one. Yeah. So um, this is probably going to be a part one. We're going to have to do a part two. But thank you guys so much for listening. I want to thank my husband, Alex, for joining me, not only in life, <laughs> but <laughs> um, on this little podcast journey. He's more of a private, silent person. So um, I really thank you, babe, for um, showing up and showing out and sharing with me. You're and um, Linda, I miss you. I can't wait to see you uh, next week for this next 
next episode. Um, so yeah, you guys make sure you're following us on Instagram. Well, not my husband because I don't need no hoes in his DMs because I will fight you when a street. So I'm not gonna give you his Instagram. Um, but you can follow me at French Fries and Fairy Tales and also um Curvy Conversations Podcast. And thank you guys for listening, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Peace.